0: Okay, oh. the terrible noise.
1: Like, the ding do do was okay, and then it was like now recording. That was not okay. I didn't consent to that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading something. I didn't mean to do that.
2: I can't believe that you would be yeah. reading something. With Honestly, your own eyeballs?
1: With mine. With mine own. Mine own eyeballs? Yeah. What you reading? Um, do you remember, you know that guy who was like uh Earlier, who made a video about turning red, not talking about nine yes. eleven.
2: Oh my god!
1: So uh, I didn't. I can't believe I didn't see this until just now, but twelve hours ago, you made a video. Uh, I'm sorry, a tweet thread, and oh it's like, yeah, it's kind of worth the read. But I was reading it bef- uh, a little bit as I was like signing into this, which was also partially why I couldn't get. Oh my god. Dude, it's like perfect. It is exactly who you imagine this kind of person to be. Hopefully, It is like a guy trying to be Joker but he also evokes um, Rick Sanchez quote. It's really funny. It's kind of sad. In a, in a, bro you, he's like, I literally don't care and then wrote like a fucking manifesto.
2: <laughs> in fucking credible I mean, I feel like that transitions very nicely into like the topic that we're going to be talking about anyways. Um yeah. and this is like I've got a lot of material for a cold open now. This is great. So, for for those of you tuning in, this is Nonsense and Noise Pod, a podcast about the queer pop culture and media experience and just like talking about TV shows, movies, video games, and maybe eventually books and how how we experience them as like queer people and people of color. So the guests that I have on they I've been friends with them since I think 20 2015, 2016 and they were one of what? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been friends with them, and they're actually one of the first friends that I I made in living in New York. So it is my great pleasure to welcome Mallory Cruz to the pod, or Mal. Uh, Mal is my best friend ever, and everyone else is scum. <laughs>
1: Everybody else fucking sucks. <laughs>
0: I'm the best.
2: Mal is the best. I... I I, des- I deeply miss malmals right in um in Japan right now. I'm not going to further dox them um but they're they are everywhere in Japan. Um so actually just kidding. I just,
1: I it just <laughs> to anybody. It just means I'm in Tokyo. <laughs>
2: Am I in Tokyo? <laughs> who knows. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, who who actually knows. Um but Mal, how are you? I I know we've been trying to record this episode for a while, but yeah, how how are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. I'm mostly upset cuz I lost earbuds. But Damn. um yeah, I think I and I think I lost them at a train station. Um otherwise, I'm fine. My school year started here and yeah. My 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 new the new teachers in the building are very nice. Um we have another new teachers
2: in the building who are nice. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. yes. And then my students are extremely nice. Um to the point that I'm like I'm just I I don't know why I I feel like I shouldn't I can't trust people
0: <laughs> when they're
1: nice but now I'm like but now they're being too nice which means uh, they're uh, making fun of me.
2: <laughs> right. But, yeah, there, but no, there's, a, there's a there's a a fine line that's what I'm trying to think <laughs> there's a fine line <laughs> between like nice and too nice, yes.
1: Yeah, and so so they're, they they're just very sweet and and I'm <laughs> just like and now I have to assume you want something from me. Mm-hmm. But, um, so it's, it's going well, it's going good. It's going well. That's Besides good. Yep.
2: That's, that's some internalized homophobia that you, uh, lost your, your earbuds at oh, a train I know. I,
1: know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to, I, I gotta, I gotta get earbuds as soon as possible.
2: ASAP. Right now.
1: A, 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 a pass, ASAP. 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 pass. A pass.
2: I am the, the I'm it's it's like I said before, it's really good to hear from you. Um yes. I know I've been keeping up like via Twitter and everything, but also it's just super good to hear your voice. Um yes. it's, Yeah. Um Yay. as for me, it's almost my one year anniversary at my new job. I actually don't remember if I Yay. told you of to a new job.
1: You bitch, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, did, did he ever leave that shit?
2: I did leave that shit. Um okay, so now that- I'm I'm working I'm still working in biotech, but I'm in New Jersey now. Um
1: Ew. Oh, you definitely didn't tell me. I would have made fun of you and your job.
2: Um I did not I didn't move. I'm still living in New York City, but I, I work. No, in New
1: I Jersey. I know. I I I have fully understood. <laughs> I would still I'm still going to make fun of you for having to enter New Jersey on a daily basis.
2: That's very fair. I feel like yeah. a clown every day coming back and having to pay daddy government money to go through the Lincoln Tunnel. And then daddy government is just like, so we could use this money to make our roads better. But instead, we're going to pay the police. And I say, and I'm just like, what if. What
1: daddy, if we- New York.
2: <laughs> Mr. Daddy, New York, sir. Steady, steady, New York, stand! Can we not do that, please? Uh,
1: Don't use my money to to pay the police. Please fix the roads. Please fix the roads and make it so that the Lincoln <laughs> Tunnel
2: doesn't fucking flood. Oh my god!
1: It doesn't. There's a movie. Have you ever heard of the movie um, Off Daybreak or Daylight or something? It's got Sylvester Stallone in it, and um. It's about that tunnel flooding because a bomb goes off.
2: Oh, my God. And
1: yeah, but when I was a kid, I missed the, the bomb part. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was a movie about that tunnel flooding, and I was terrified for years that the tunnel could just flood like that. And it was like, no, it was a very specific event happens.
2: Right. I well, no. So I think, number one, I think that's, that movie might have influenced a lot of people because I think – a lot of people's very common fear of the Lincoln Tunnel is that it'll flood but there was earlier in the pandemic there was one day i remember seeing on twitter people were tweeting like video clips of water coming in through the walls like it wasn't enough to like flood the entire tunnel but it was like there was water running down the walls uh, in an appreciable amount so people were like this is my worst nightmare yeah. um, so yeah, every I think about I don't think about that every day I drive through the tunnel, but oh and then luckily I'm not going on uh, like going to work every day. Um my my role is much different. So I, I I like can work from home and stay in the safety of my own apartment, but even in my own apartment, um as you can tell, allergies have kicked my ass.
0: I'm it's
2: so in,
1: sorry. It's, rip it's, and piss
0: your ass. Rip and piss. Rip in piss <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: It's it's actually, like, yeah, it's really been, like, this entire week. Monday I was okay, and then Monday night was when things started being a little little funky, and then I've been taking allergy medication since Tuesday, and I could tell immediately when my allergy medication wears off, because then life becomes immediately miserable. It's
1: wow. <laughs> the worst. It's just like, fo- like, clouds and fog coming yeah.
2: in. Yeah, yeah. In a just- moment. Exactly. It's like, my, my nose will immediately start running, and I'm like, oh, okay, my allergy medication, that we're done with that one, so I have to go knock back another pill, so... <laughs> So, um, and then the other fun update for me is I I went to go get boba tea yesterday or boba yesterday uh, because it was it was nice out. So oh my nice. boss my my boss was like, you should sign off work early. I'm like, all right. If the big if the head honcho if the big cheese, <laughs> if the big cheese tells me to do that, <laughs> then I should <laughs> sign off early. And so I signed off, went to the gym because I had slept in and not gone to the gym in the morning. Um, and then um, got boba and. <laughs> the, the cashier like kind of made fun of me because I like I got normal like black milk tea or yeah black uh, yeah black milk tea whatever and uh, I got the normal like tapioca the pearls and then I got lychee jelly and then at the last minute I saw that they had grass jelly on the menu and I really like that shit so I'm like oh can you add grass jelly in too and when she gave me my drink she was just like you must really like this because it's very full no like yeah i do (laughs) i just like kind of don't understand why she was like making that comment because like don't don't make fun of your clients because they're not gonna come back but yeah no that was that was funny i was just like yeah i i I, i'm sorry i added too many things it's just because like i'm gay and i can't make a decision
1: (laughs) i feel (laughs) like i feel like she knew you were gay, and she was being homophobic. Yes. <laughs> she was like, "I'm gonna make fun of this gay man today." <laughs> I'm
2: going to cause problems and make it everybody else's issues. <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. Um, but yeah, I also overheard her speaking Chinese with like this one delivery person. So I also think next time I go in there, it's just like order in Chinese and think. Sometimes that gets me better treatment, and then the other time I did this at a bubble tea place, I, (laughs) the person responded blatantly in English, I'm like, oh, okay, fine.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, good try, okay, whatever.
1: Nice try, but we all
2: know. (laughs) We all know exactly. Oh, so rude. So yeah, everybody else can share their experiences of like being made fun of by a bubble tea staff, but um, I moving it to like the pop culture updates and everything. I don't know, Mal, if you've been able to to think of like or take stock of like movies that are coming out soon in Japan or anything. Um, oh, I know-
1: I, if I have a feeling, I know what movie you're going to tell me about, and I can tell you. I don't know when those are when it's coming.
2: Okay. Is it everything everywhere all at once?
1: Yeah, I'm devastated. Devastated. Because de- I don't. It might mean that if it's like, like okay, so the Sonic Two movie just came out. Okay. And uh in America. Right. In Japan, it's gonna come out in August. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Wow.
0: That's a long so, wait.
1: I'm hoping though that the everywhere it's everything everywhere all uh all the time all at once all at once uh, so I keep looking yeah I keep looking it up it's already like prepped to be asked to Google and I keep checking and and I don't ha- like I don't even think they have like a Japanese title and it's not even a thing of like it's not just a thing of like I don't want to take away like any money from it by watching it online right it specifically i have now i now have it in my in my how like it's it's in my mind that i cannot watch it until i see it in um on the screen like i need to see Mm -hmm. it in a movie theater yeah and uh i like Taiwan got it. i'm mm-hmm. I'm looking for like all the the Philippines got it in March, and oh. so did Malaysia and Singapore. So I'm trying to figure out why we didn't get it. well, i I Japan doesn't get stuff early usually, but I'm wondering why we don't even have a release date. I'm devastated. And you will proceed to tell me why I should be devastated. <laughs> uh,
2: yes, it's usually, my movie of the year. I went to go see it before the wide release. It had a limited release in New York City at like certain certain places, so I took the train to Brooklyn and watched it at the Alamo in Brooklyn and had a really amazing time. And yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good movie. It's very very similar to a lot of the themes from Turning Red and Encanto in terms of like dealing with family. Yeah, but uh
0: <laughs> that's all I'll say
2: without like I giving away. Play, yeah. <laughs> um, I will fly across the ocean and murder you.
1: I'm, I'm buying tickets for I you know you'd have to wait for me to when I plan it for sure, but I will
2: kill you. Don't I you worry. You. <laughs> I will PvP you in Times Square. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's like easily my movie of the year. And very similar to this theme that we're talking about today. Like, I walked out of the theater and overheard this white guy talking to his kid. And he's just like, so what are we going to tell mom this movie was about? And I'm just like, I don't want you to talk about this movie because it was not for you. (laughs) And I feel like that's really the only movie sort of piece that i'm like excited about and want people to see the other movie that's coming out that like i'm excited for is at the end of may bob's burgers is getting a movie which is
1: nice.
2: <laughs> i haven't finished watching the tv series like i know it's been i think it's over now but i just like need to find a place to watch it quote unquote legally quote i have the quotes there because i'm maybe allegedly going to not watch it illegally, but only allegedly. Uh, that's only an idea uh, oh. I'm not Daddy government, I'm not watching things illegally. Don't worry, don't worry about it.
1: I won't tell Daddy government either.
2: I'm so glad my secret is safe with my friend yes, for uh. sure. And then, of course, there are more movies coming out, but I, I actually, like, looked at my the last episode of my podcast that I recorded, and I spent, like, a solid half an hour talking about things coming out. And I was like, this is, I can't do this. <laughs> my show's too long. Um, <laughs> so let me see
0: what's coming
2: out in Japan.
1: Okay. While yeah. you're looking.
2: But, you know, so I, I ended up doing, like, I'll just narrow it down to top three, because otherwise my, my intro segment's gonna be, like, half an hour, and... While I don't have any problems with like my show being an hour and a half, 'cause like people who are listening to it, like, you know, it's not like I'm huge or anything, but an hour and a half is a long a lot of a lot of material to edit. But um
0: mm-hmm. video,
2: video games, there are two games that I'm excited about that are already out. Chrono Cross has a remake and that is out as of April seventh. If you remember that arcade game, House of the Dead, that came to Switch. Oh. And So yeah, that remake came out also on April 7th. And I don't know if multiplayer is like online or if it's local only, but if it's online, I really, really want to play with friends. I need to, I need to first of all, buy the game, but then I can maybe do like online multiplayer with people. And that'd be so much fun. Cause like, I remember walking past it in arcades and being like, I want to play this. But of course, like who has like hours and hours and hours to spend at the arcade playing a game where you shoot zombies, where you can also die.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That was the thing. Was you know, if you die, then you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, because I'm not spending more money. To keep yeah. Playing here. Yeah. Um, that's the that's that's one thing I kind of appreciate about like not growing up in the arcade era, because it sounds like an experience, but it's also like those games were expensive as hell and yeah. they're hard. So that you, they could keep getting your money right and, and i'm like i'm glad i missed that
2: <laughs> wait i feel like we didn't necessarily like grow up in. I, I think like maybe it was the we were at the tail end of that because i remember seeing those like well, house of the dead and like other like like
1: but that's but I'm, I'm talking about like arcades like there's the like japan has them the way okay. that i think kind of the way that they used to but not really like i think arcades were specifically like it was a building that you walk into and they only had arcades like those those okay. those, those games i was on the very i was on the very tail end of that but then uh, okay then, yeah like actually like it's, it's def- obviously it's not there anymore but near where i live mm-hmm. um there's a there was a place that a lot of us you know, in our, like, gr- in elementary school, growing up, there was a place that was like that, but it was <laughs> a birthday place,
0: oh, and actually, okay.
1: the benefit of that was, like, I you know, your parents pay for the space, but then you didn't pay to play the game, so right. if you, if you just started the game, and the game started up, but it was still mm-hmm. on the machine. Yeah. They, I think it just turned off, you know, the, like, requiring payment, and... Right. um it rocked. like that was the best. But again, it's like we missed, you know, that was really the only place to do that, even, mm-hmm. and even just to play arcade games like that. Yeah, um nowadays, so I will say nowadays, like I said, Japan has them, and they're like, you go somewhere and they always have them. but it's mm-hmm. like uh, but it's mostly like the thing that you were talking about w- with the House of the Dead, where it's yeah. more interactive than just the joystick. Right. So they don't really have the stuff where it's like you walk up and you're playing like Marv a Marvel game or like mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles. Right, um, right.
2: Oh, which reminds yeah. me Ninja Turtles also is getting a Switch remake. So I'm like super stoked. Super stoked to like play both of these like really classic arcade games. And when you said the, the birthday place for arcade games, I know like that was very similar for me. There was a place by me called Illusions and they did like they had all those sort of like arcade games and like they also had like a laser tag arena. It was good shit. And now yeah. they're no longer in business.
1: <laughs> I know. Oh. Uh, but oh but the, I mean, uh I mean, I don't know now with the pandemic, but I mean New York yeah. City has two bar and that that definitely is like what that was. Yes, yeah, I mean, from, uh, from just having alcohol there. Oh
2: yeah. I realized while I was editing this that I never introduced myself. Uh, Mel and I were having such a good time talking that I forgot to say my name, so just in case you need to know that, this is your host Nathan Kato. Hey folks, apologies. Somehow the recording program cut out at that very moment, so we talk a little bit more about the barcades in New York and after that i follow up with mal on some of the movies that are
1: coming out in japan if it's a really popular kids movie i don't know maybe they- maybe it's just kids movies um but um i i want to see the bad guys and that also okay. doesn't have a release date here but i don't know if they'll if it- if they'll have subtitles for it or if mm. it's just going to be dubbed so like You know, all the movies that come from America, Mm -hmm. um, it's either subbed or dubbed. Right. But then so far what I've noticed is like most of the kids' movies are just dubbed. Mm. And now I'm wondering, oh, if they would even have that one subbed. But that's one that I was waiting for. And I'll be very sad if it's only dubbed. And With to clarify, kiss. because I am in Japan, that means dubbed into Japanese. Yes. Um, <laughs> to clarify, <laughs> to clarify. Like, um,
2: why are they talking about dubbing a movie that's already in English?
1: <laughs> like, oh, you this imaginary poor fool. Um, <laughs> I, I'll pro- I I was thinking about seeing. I'm not excited to see it, but I like going to the movies, so I might yeah. go see Doctor Strange just because. I never saw the first one. I don't mm-hmm. care about it. Yeah. But I, I, if I can, I might go if like a friend also wants to go too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But right now I didn't really see anything that I was super excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm just hoping I'm just waiting until we get everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get it, especially like, cause it's doing so well and it's, and it's being talked about so highly. Yeah. I'm, I'm certain we'll get it. I just don't know when.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well. And
1: again, it's very specific racism towards me. So it,
2: it, Exactly. Targeted ugh. racism, even. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, mm, ugh. Ugh. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with the main content. Yay. All right, we are back from the break. Hope everybody drank some water. Both Mal and I drank water because. No, well, uh, I drink
1: coffee. Don't put words in my mouth.
2: Okay, damn shit. All right, uh, I man? I drank water because it it's good. To, it, you need to be wet to live. And Mal said I'm a maniac and I'm gonna drink coffee because yeah. <laughs> that's what I do at night time.
1: Yes, because it's it is nine forty seven p.m. and I drink coffee. That is. Actually, the reason why I'm a maniac is because I can drink coffee at 9:47 p.m. and I'll probably fall asleep after we do this. So, wow. Yeah. That is
2: an incredible superpower. I wish I yeah. had the ability to drink caffeine and then just like go the fuck to bed.
1: Yeah, it's quite a skill to have, I'm not going to lie.
2: I think it's very sexy of you.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Ooh. Ethan. <laughs>
2: Uh, okay, so without further ado, let's talk about <laughs> Encanto. Okay. We're, we're going to transition from horny noises into.
1: <laughs>
2: this it wasn't family. horny?
1: I mean, it was a little horny, but it's mostly flirty.
2: Oh, was true. Mostly
1: <laughs> flirty. just want to clarify.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Encanto, I, like, that's I know a that's a movie. Um,. Yeah. I really really enjoyed it. I I don't think I had any I mean I didn't have any expectations going in. I knew I wanted to watch it because I'm like this, this looks really cute and of course like the waterworks for me started like 5 minutes in and I was like what is going on? <laughs> Why is everything so good?
1: Uh-huh. Um
2: uh, how about you? What did what uh tell me your impressions and everything of the movie?
1: I'm trying to think uh, uh, about the first time I I really watched the 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 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a I was waiting to see. Okay, oh, so actually, this is what we were talking about earlier, which is that I wanted to see this movie in theaters, and yeah. I couldn't because it was only dubbed.
0: Oh and,
1: yeah, and so you know, I, I it's not that I don't. I'm not fluent in Japanese, but right. I also knew that for me part of why I go to see animated movies is I want to hear the voice actors. I want to guess right, who right. they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to watch it on my laptop on a, and I was on like a trip in Nagano. So I actually, my day was, I was like, all right, I can finally sit and watch Encanto, But I had like mm-hmm. woken up, I watched the movie and, and, and it was something I really wanted to see. Yeah. I I since I knew about it especially when I saw that like when I heard the music in mm-hmm. the first trailer, you know, it was it wasn't it, it was like familiar to me. So I'm like, "Oh, the, a Disney movie with like salsa music. Like I I want to hear this." Yeah. Although now I'm like, was that? I don't know. I always get salsa merengue mixed up and that might mm-hmm. not even be either of them. But the point was it was music that was familiar to me." Yeah. I, so I ended up watching it and like this like you said, the waterworks and stuff. Um <laughs> so like I said I was on a trip to Nagano and yeah. so right after the movie I'm like oh sh- I have to go I went to this park that has like monkeys in it yeah. and to get there you have to take the bus so after the movie's finished I'm like still crying I go take yeah. a quick shower kind of like tearing up in the shower yeah. and then I leave and I'm on my and I like I'm on my way to the train station which was like right across the street I'm still and still crying I'm waiting for the- and, no, and so I stopped crying, and then I started waiting for the bus, and I started crying again at the bus stop, because I kept thinking about the movie. So it's like crying at the bus stop for a park where you can see monkeys, and I was just like, this would be quite the sight to see if I was not alone right now. This right. Just, and then, so then when I got on the bus to the monkey park, I had to keep <laughs> looking out the window, because I kept crying, thinking about what happened to Abuela. So I was like, yeah. oh my god. I can't believe this would happen to her. <laughs> and so it was quite the experience. Yeah. But I, I can't, really liked it. Yeah.
2: And that's that's the origin of your, your Twitter display name, right? The the monkey park?
1: Yes. Currently, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> oh, I can't believe I never saw it. I know I've been, I mean, obviously I saw it when you, when you switched it to the monkey park, but I was just like, Thinking, like, I don't think I ever saw it Crying at the Bumsy Park. <laughs> <It's>
1: just, <laughs> Which oh my-
2: like, would be a very funny display name for Twitter.
1: Oh, I think the reason why is because I think everything I kept posting about it in that day mm-hmm. was, like, I kept just being, like, I was posting a lot of it on Instagram on my stories. Yeah. Was like... Oh man, I'm going to monkey park. I'm going to fight all these fucking monkeys, and I just kept like saying that over and over. Yeah. On the thing, and then the irony, the ultimate irony was that those monkeys scared the shit out of me. I wasn't fighting <laughs> anybody. I was like, "Uh, these monkeys are gonna kick my ass." Um, but they was very, it, they were cute. They and they walk right by you, and it was just them minding their own business, but walking by me. And I'm like, oh, I'm scared, and, like the entire time. It was like it was an interesting experience.
2: Yeah, yeah. The, these but, monkeys are gonna kick my ass because they're igno- they're so they're so powerful. They're just ignoring me.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh man, it's like they're they're flaunting their strength at me by not coming over. Like right. they already know that they're gonna kick my ass and. Like no, they're just doing their own thing, you tool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're just performing their monkey activities.
1: Perf- yeah, performing their monkey activities. Performing monkey activity of sitting in hot water. Exactly.
2: So, obviously, you liked the movie. Was there anything that you, it was, like, I know you mentioned, like, the music, and then, like, obviously, like, the characters and everything, but is there anything that you, like, didn't like about it?
1: I think the, when we were originally supposed to record this, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if this was the thing I would have said, but as of now, I think my main two things are that someone did, you know, I think abuela ap- 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 apologizes to mirabelle which is good but mm-hmm. i think bruno doesn't hear an apology yes and I think, like he deserves one mm-hmm. um I, the first time i had seen it i didn't really catch that i yeah it, i realized too that like what i didn't like is that like he apologizes and they let him and i don't think he you know needs to apologize for anything i think most right. people would agree with that like he doesn't yeah do- the whole cuz the whole movie sets it up like he didn't do anything wrong. He mm-hmm. was doing his thing. He was he was literally just sharing his gift. Yep. And then and then the movie never really follows up with that. They actually even does the opposite by letting him apologize and they don't mm-hmm. tell him you don't need to. Yeah. So that was my first one. My other issue with the movie was just I think Camilo and Luisa are really interesting characters but we don't i think louisa louisa kind of is a plot device more yeah. than just like a character so it's like we talk to her we find out that that happens but we don't really learn more about her we just know right. that like and i and, and i understand though that we do learn that she has all this pressure on her mm-hmm. but we don't learn like she's like oh if i could just relax and it's like well what would she do if she could relax right. Right. Um. That's one, mm-hmm. and the other being Camilo has even less of a role in the movie. This right. Is the fact that, like, we know he's like, at most, we know that he's like a funny character, and like he likes to make people laugh. But yeah. we don't know anything else beyond that about Camilo. Like, we don't know, especially because his power, his gift, is very interesting. Yeah. That you can shape shift into people, and there's the implication that. He's shape shifting into the person that he needs to be right. in that moment, and mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's going to be this disconnect, or not disconnect, but that's, you know, that's going to cause an identity crisis. Like you're going to be yeah. you literally turn into other people at the time, and it's like, but who are you? You're always mm-hmm. being somebody else. You're literally being someone else. Who are you? Right.
2: Right. Oh yeah. No, I think that's a really, really cool point. Like I, I think. That this could have made the movie like that much richer by like expanding on the characters. Cause like I 100% agree with you. Like, Luisa is just a plot device. You're just like, okay, cool. She's like the strong older sibling. But then like, we only hear from her like during the song. And other than that, it's just like, that's it. You get to yeah. see her like being kind of comic relief later when she's just like trying to move the piano and then she's like crying. And that's pretty much the only other part that I remember from her and then like camilo is like you bring a very very compelling argument of just like who are you really and then i know for dolores and um who's who's the other sister i'm missing um
1: that luisa luisa and isabella
2: yeah isabella they get mentioned like you know they explicitly talk about like what bruno has told them and, like, those are, you know, like, th- that gives them more, like, three-dimensionality. Whereas, like, I would be very curious about, like, if Camilo got anything. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I think those two characters could have been more fleshed out. And I think that it would have been a really cool, like, maybe, like, a a B B plot. I think that's that's the uh, industry term for it. Like, where you've got, like, a things going on in the background, like, the B B story or whatever.
1: Yeah, Not yeah. A
2: story about bees.
1: It's a story about bees nuts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's honey nut Cheerios.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, you know, I'm just very quickly uh, finding an outlet to talk about Sherlock really quickly. But like one of my <laughs> biggest complaints about Sherlock is that they, in the first season.
0: Is this the they car had seat?
1: These, no that's the third season the, no that's the fourth season the car seat the car seat has is so much more interesting because it had a person inside them and that person died like that car seat would be traumatized <laughs> no, it's the it's the fact that in like the first season one of the things that i enjoyed about it and that i know other people did because it was in a lot of like reviews for the show is that the show had really made the side characters from the Sherlock stories much more interesting. So, like, mm-hmm. you know I have such a hard-on for Lestrade, but right. I really liked Molly, who's a new character, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Hudson. Um, yeah. Mycroft was interesting. The Also, Sally and Anderson and but I, I liked all of those characters, you know, but I really like Lestrade. Um, Mrs. Yep. Hudson was kind of fun. And I think they, you know, could have done Sally justice because it's like, again, this becomes another podcast if I talk about that. But the point <laughs> is, <laughs> and I will not do that. But the point is that like, then in the second season, then it becomes the John and Sherlock show. And then you start like, part of what they missed was like, I think, you know, they were like the big mystery. And it's like, mm-hmm. the mystery is kind of fun. But then you have these side characters that you started to flesh out, and then you just were like, "Well, fuck it. They're going to be here to support John and Sherlock mm-hmm. And that's kind of like where I think this movie kind of falls a little flat is it's like even in that first song, while I really liked it, they do spend a lot of time on well, they don't they don't ever revisit Louisa. So in like yeah. the wrap up even, they don't even she doesn't mention Louisa again
0: yeah that's true and so
1: and it's just like oh i wish you know i just wish that like basically that's it it's just like i just wish they had spent more time on luisa it's just like i think she's three-dimensional but i think they could flesh it out i think just could learn more about her
2: definitely Yeah, because it's just, like, she's under pressure. And as you mentioned, like, she's just, like, oh, I want to be able to relax. But then it's, like, what would you do, right? Because, like, her her whole, like, identity that we get is, like, oh, it's based on, like, utility and, like, how are you able to help other people? And it would be really cool to see, like, her like come to terms with like yeah my my self-worth isn't wrapped up in like how useful i am to other people and i know like one of my other friends who saw it was like luisa's songs spoke very deeply to me as like uh ironically enough they are not the oldest sibling but like i know that they were just like this this spoke to me on a, a huge level of like where i'm working to like doing a there's a lot of like pressure and like burden placed on me to be like The not necessarily like the perfect child, but like certainly I think relating to just like the pressure of like you need to be like good and like the best and whatever. And yeah, it'd be cool to be like, what if you weren't the best? And like, what if you had more to you than just like being a strong person? So yeah, no, that those are really, really great like points of criticism. And like, I certainly agree with like having. The characters be more like having everyone be three dimensional. I think would be would make the movie that much better. And I mean, the material is already good.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. So, as we both know, there is a lot of like. I feel like this is sort of the start of just shitty white movie takes that I've started to like. Not necessarily <laughs> fall into, but just like we've started to see more and more of them as like these more diverse stories come out. And I think, especially with Encanto, they're, they're, this, like, falls into two sort of, like, categories in terms of people not being able to relate with, like, the family and how the family works, and then also, like, generational trauma. And I know I have, like, in the show notes, I have a couple, like, screenshots from Twitter about all of this. So, like, the first one that I've got, basically, to summarize it, is, bas- is like, a lot of people... Whoa.
1: I just, I just want to say, like, I don't think that's the start of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I, oh, I think not. It has, has been ongoing. I think it's just like any, like, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, my brain's not quite working at the moment. But mm-hmm. I think like the first movie I can think that's like way older than Encanto, which is, it's just like any time like a movie replace, like maybe like a, a a comic book movie had changed a character's race to something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. you'd always now like i thought of that more recent fantastic four movie where michael b jordan plays right. a character because i i don't care about fantastic four but you can tell like that would if that movie was better than it was you could tell yes. that it's still gonna get that criticism Absolutely. and so i don't think Encanto was like the start of it but i think like if so much as like now that you have like more people are on Twitter. More people are using social media. You're seeing more of. You're seeing it more vocalized. Yes. Than than before. So that's yeah. that's the one that I would say.
2: Yeah, I agree uh. with you. Yeah, start of it isn't necessarily like the best way to put it. I think maybe for me it was just like, uh, and not even like start of it for me because like I've certainly noticed like all the that like criticism before, or, like the shitty white movie takes before. But I think it's, like, when it started to become more, like, absolutely unbearable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. So at least with like the theme of like family and how everything worked in Encanto. So there's this one tweet that was like, a lot of people were saying, I'd leave if I was Mirabelle. And that wasn't the point of the movie because like the, the family is so interconnected and reliant on each other. There's no such thing as leaving, even when there's generational trauma. And perhaps if you're not part of a family like this, then you're not going to understand these issues. And I feel like this is like a very, this is like my, my onion of course, but I feel like this is like very much a person of color thing where it's like, it's hard to leave the family unit. Cause it's like such a, a like a big part of your social, like it's the first social group that you have, you grow up in, in that social group. And like, I remember reading this one book from like a, a Chinese American, woman being like, yeah, my mom, like, was really abusive, but, like, I tried to, like, gain her approval and everything, and I I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't leave the family because, like, you know, I I wanted my stepmother's approval, and, like, this is my family unit, and, like, without them, like, I don't, kind of, like, I don't know who I am, but, like, yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts? Because I know, like, this is something that we really wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was another thing too, where I related to it in a different way. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's not necessarily that I could say. I would say that like the intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. that I know is something that happened with my father, and mm-hmm. in a way, it ended up benefiting us mm-hmm. because of of his response to it was actually like, you know, I don't want to go into it just mm-hmm. because you know I don't have his permission to say yeah. it, but. Whatever happened with him, he decided that he was going to handle it in a different way Mm -hmm. and that he was going to be, like, around for his – he was going to be, like, a a good father to us. Mm -hmm. And so that was, like, his response to certain things. And so – one of the ways that that kind of played out was that i've been having issues with my brother
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i think back when i was on tumblr like i think this was like when i was in my 20s like w- early to mid 20s mm-hmm. and then i realized like thankfully i like kind of realized that like maybe tumblr's not always right but like tumblr really will <laughs> just like cut that person out right and right. in theory you know in theory like that makes sense you know mm-hmm. you should cut your family member off that's harmful
0: mm-hmm. but
1: in a way like it's not always possible and so yeah. like i would say that to my father and he's like it's not that easy it's not that mm-hmm. easy and i'm like you yeah. know and it's like part of why i was saying it though was that like there was harm not physical harm right but, like there was some harm coming to the fa- to like to the family members
0: mm-hmm.
1: by continuing contact with my brother and eventually there's the solution was like they could he my father talks to him mm-hmm. but my father's not allowed to come to the house anymore right. and that was like solution, and that's like a solution that works and it mm-hmm. you know we didn't cut my brother off mm-hmm. but he can't like take things anymore right. but it was the thing of like it's also emotionally it's just not like a feasible thing it's like right sometimes the advice that you have to take is going to hurt you but sometimes it's like but it's actually not better for everybody either right and i can say that like the cut them off kind of advice feels very white where it's mm-hmm. like, I think, like you still kind of have like a sub yeah maybe you're not as close to your like your extended family right but in my like i'm talking about my dad and my brother mm-hmm. but it's not just him it's like my you know my my dad has like all these cousins and i Mm -hmm. so which means i have all these first second third cousins all these aunts and uncles and great aunts and great uncles and Mm -hmm. all this we're all interconnected and we don't live together but we live very close by to each other Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: so it's like there's this whole support system here and everybody knows what's happening
0: yeah
1: and so it's like it's not just like a We'll cut him off and, and, and like nothing will happen. It's this thing of like, well, we're kind of expected to kind of keep a tab on each other. And it's just very, the just the just leave kind of thing is just very dismissive of the fact of like, well, no, these families, you know, we maybe we should try to work on it because it's mm-hmm. like part of it is the bonds that everyone has. And it's just yeah. like, you got to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So definitely,
2: I yeah, because like, I, I mean, this I think this is this speaks or like what I'm trying to, to think of like saying here is like, I think you were able to you guys were able to find a solution that worked, and like then your brother still you know ha- maintains this connection. And you found a way to to make it such that like whatever harm or like negative consequences were happening would be lessened, and there's still like a community, right? It's not like Basically, you're just, like, giving resources to sort of, like, actually prevent the bad things from happening, which I think is something that, like, I know American society is really bad about, like, in terms of, like, penalizing people for stealing or whatever, just like, oh, we're going to, like, send you to jail. And it's like, okay, well, how do you make sure that that doesn't happen again? And the answer for that is, like, community and, like, enhancing and, like, enriching The person with like an actual community that like cares and everything so like kind of the same but like not all not the same at the same time but yeah like that's really important to like maintain those connections and like figure out what is the best way to make sure that everybody is like growing together and like respectful of each other and stuff and like i think you brought up a good point of like cutting people off isn't necessarily even going to like be helpful for everybody. Cause like there's from that same Twitter thread, there's another uh, person was saying like, Mirabelle leaving wouldn't have actually solved anything. Cause like Luisa would have cracked under pressure. Isabella would have gone through with the marriage. Dolores would not find her true love. Bruno would still be stuck in the walls. The magic would still be gone. And maybe Mirabelle would have been happy if she left, but the same can't be said for the rest of them. Like she would have been free but the rest of her family would still be suffering, and Abuela would have never realized her mistakes. She needed to stay, for everyone to have their happy ending. Like, yeah, everybody, everybody wins together, and like, and I think that's obviously like very much symbolized in La Casita, like coming back together, and like, or, or I mean, not even the the house coming together magically, right? It's like everybody comes to the whole community comes together to build the house. And then, like, I would really love to like see you know a little bit of some of the family afterwards to see like how their relationships have changed and everything because like we get a little bit of that. But yeah, like it's it reminds me of this other book that I read called *Pictures in the Light* by Kelly Loy Gilbert, and it's a it's a story about a Chinese American boy, and he it's a it's a, a queer story and. I'm not going to spoil the book because I think it, everybody should read it. But basically, like, the whole, like, theme of the book is, like, what's a victory if you can't share it with others? And I feel like that was a big part of, like, the family part of Encanto is very much just, like, why don't we, we find a way for us all to, like, honor each other and, like, win together?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I I think there was an aspect, too, where I think, like, some people were, like, but if the family is not, like, you know, the like fam- Like, I, I think... I think everybody could have treated Mirabel better, but what hmm. I think people tend to miss too is that like, there's this thing where like, we we keep saying that like, I, there's this great, there's this very good point that people bring up, which is that, like, there are also people, I don't want to say it was just white people, but I hmm. think mostly white people were coming away with the fact that like, Abuela was the villain. And right. like, I know that antagonist doesn't mean, doesn't always mean it's like a horrible person, but antagonist is just the person against the protagonist. But I think people are coming away with like, Abuela is the antagonist and she is, Mm -hmm. but she's not the antagonist the way I think some people were viewing her, which is that like he was trying to make Mirabelle's life miserable, or she Mm -hmm. only cared about herself. And I think a lot of people miss that, like, Abuela was doing this for the good of the family and just lost sight of everything. Yep. But what, peop- what what a lot of people don't understand is that like she's lost in that and it's not okay, but her being lost in it and being so the way that she is about the, the magic and all of that meant that that. Kind of clouded what everybody else was seeing,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so you have someone who isn't worried, who isn't in the position of losing their powers. They don't have it, mm-hmm. so they, you know, they're they're a little. More, I've always said too that, like, as a joke, that like Mirabelle's pa- actual power in that family is that she's grounded in reality. Yeah. <laughs> she can actually, actually see what's going wrong, right? So then you just have like you, you you're gonna have people who are like. So, so I can see like maybe, you know, uh, Isabella and Mirabelle, that's just like sibling shit. I don't yep. see that in any other way. But like, and mm-hmm. Luisa didn't really treat Mirabelle wrong. So it's like, right. you know, when you're dealing with, like I've, I've been dealing with this, where it's like when you're dealing with your own shit, you can't really see what's happening to other people. Right. And so I think people miss that aspect of it. And if mm. is like, okay, Isabella leaves the family because her grandmother's being a bitch, right. but like nobody else is actually being mean. Maybe they forgot about her that one time, but that's not, that's that, that while rude is not like, I'm going to leave the family over this. If right. she didn't even bring it up. Right. Um. And her mother, her mother is trying to reach out to her. Her father is reaching out and trying to defend her.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: this, this whole leave the family thing is very short sighted. Yeah, because one person is really being an asshole. One person is just being an older sibling, right? And then like everybody else is just kind of dealing with their their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like you're trying to you're suggesting something that's really only a problem with one person. Yep, and you're try- like her presence is necessary in the family because everybody loves her. They could treat mm-hmm. her better, but they're yeah. not treating some of them are not treating her awfully.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just this like. But you're. But again, it's like, why would you tell her to leave the family if it's one person and every and her mother is going up to bat for her?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And and that was a whole thing too, where I think there were some people. There's some people just want to villainize everybody, and they were like, yep. Your "Mother was awful," and I'm like, I'm not even gonna dignify that that discourse <laughs> yeah. on this on this fucking podcast because that was ridiculous. But
2: yeah, absolutely. And I think like. Really, when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, you've got a... If you've got a big family, then you have a lot of, like, different personalities rubbing up against each other. And, like, just because you may clash doesn't mean... Like, the instant you clash doesn't mean, like, ah, I'm going to leave. Yeah. It's just so weird for, like, to even consider that sort of, like, I'm going to cut you off immediately and, like, we're never going to speak again. And I'm just, like, that... Not necessarily that family is always, like... The connection that you need to maintain because like yes there are certain times where it's like you do need to put boundaries on your family's relationship with you such that like it does not the relationship isn't toxic or anything but like also like I don't know these relationships are like worth investing time and like effort and energy into because like if you don't have family and like I understand there's also the concept of found family and that's another thing but like these people raised you and I don't know, it's like such, you've got a, such a strong connection to these people. So like, why not try? Right. Um, yeah. and like, I, as far as like the found family aspect, like, I think that is very, is, is very valid and very like a, a good concept. And also like at the same time, like, I've been talking with another friend about this who's also mixed, and they're just like, it's very hard to sort of cast off the idea. Like, it's nice to have found family, but, like, I know they don't have a great relationship with their, their family, and they're just like, it it makes it hard. Like, found family is great, but, like, it can only go, so, like, it can't fill exactly the same, like, gap or, like, what's missing there when it comes to, like, actual biological family. Yeah. Um, And I think this is, like, a a good transition then into, like, the, of course, like, the next major part of white people centering themselves a little bit too much with this movie when it comes to, like, not understanding generational trauma. And I think, like, you made a very good point of, like, there are some people who are just, like, Abuela is the villain, and it's, like, no, she was, you know, she she had her own goals and aims, and they weren't necessarily, they weren't bad,
1: right like she was trying very good actually And that's the thing that that like just to interrupt like that's the thing that always blows my mind is that people are like she's the villain i'm like yeah but the villain you know like the villains are very self-serving her Mm -hmm. her quote quote unquote villainy comes from the fact that she's genuinely trying to help the town and she's and she, and it's not like you know she's not a twist villain where her like her her goals for the town are actually bad it's like right. the she's just hurting her family because of her short-sightedness-
2: mm-hmm. like, exactly
1: that's like, that there's no twist yeah like, that's it and it's like there's and and again and it's there's not even a because because there was like a trend in a lot of kids movies for a while where the there was always like a twist villain where it's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. this person you all thought was cool was actually the villain. And in this one, that's not even, they even like kind of subvert that where it's like, there's no twist villain, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's a thing of like the, the actual like person who's being the antagonist has that shit called out to their face. Once everybody realizes that that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so, that was interesting, but I'll, but again, at the same time, you have people seeing that thinking like the villain it's like no, sometimes like the let no, like you know you know so for your for your view, I like addressing your viewers so for the <laughs> viewers um my I mix my mom is white and and I've gotten like my mom has been on a more apologetic kind of tour lately mm-hmm. where if I point out that something she did in the past was, like, upsetting or or bad or, you know, just wasn't, like, good at that time, Mm -hmm. she will occasionally come and apologize to me. Mm. And, you know, like, why, you know, like, I've had issues with my mom in the past, but, like, she's grown to be the kind of person who is, like, apologizing now. and And so... I think I've lost the thread here because I started <laughs> the whole But it's I mean, a, it, a, it doesn't make her a
2: villain, right? It doesn't. It, yeah, she's yeah. not. She's. She's
1: not. Yeah. It's like people are complicated, and, to, mm-hmm. and and I think it comes from this thing of like not understanding that like not everything can just be put into like you fucked up and now you're the bad guy. When it's like right. we're all fucking up, and to just be like she's the villain, and it's like we we've all done stuff that we're like okay, well that wasn't okay. Right, and it's fine. You you make up for it, and that's mm-hmm. what ends up happening. And I think people, you know, whatever we talked about, where it's like, you know, maybe they could have done that aspect of it better. As like, I, I'm not bringing that up. Mm-hmm. To, but I'm saying like, as like whatever your feelings are of that, you know, it's it's a, still a thing of like you can't, you know, talk about restorative justice or redemption, yeah. mm-hmm. then want someone's head on a platter. Right. You know
2: right yeah and i mean i think this but is, actually that is tra-
1: not the point of what you were bringing up. <laughs>
0: right
2: no no actually this like all of this is is still like very relevant to like the next point the next tweet that i was gonna like bring up is like there are some people who are like oh i can't believe they forgave abuela after she didn't really apologize and then you know people from from latinx families are like holy holy shit, Avila actually, like, shared her trauma and acknowledged that she shouldn't have done that and this, like, the movie's really about miracles and everything, and actually, I think that is also very close to, like, Turning Red, where the sort of running joke, or, like, not even running joke, but, like, a joke that people have made is, like, wow, the mom actually, like, apologized flat out, and it's, like, exactly what you mentioned with, look, these people aren't the villains, they're trying to, like, extend, like, love and compassion and, like, care for these people and it just happens to be that like the way that they're doing that doesn't necessarily like match up with what's best and it's like really important and uh, very optimistic obviously for these movies to be like for for the movies to have these people apologize because like i can i'm not sure that like if i had a conversation with my mom about like hey you know these things that you did when trying to care for me when i was in high school like it didn't work out i don't know if like she would get if she would apologize to me i think like maybe but that you know to your point of like abuela wasn't the villain like my mom's not the villain of my story like (laughs) other people are the villain of my story um sometimes myself that's untrue. Uh,
1: yeah. And, but, and and I also sh- should very quickly clarify that sometimes, yeah. yes, the mother is the villain. Yes, but sometimes. But I think, like, there has to be a moment where we identify when that is the case. hmm Yeah. But continue.
2: Yeah, no, it's like, I, I think that's a, a really big thing, because, like, it seems like a lot of the white audience that watched Encanto was just like, we need to have like this very traditional story structure of like someone is a villain and like there's a there's a an evil that we're going up against and i'm like no like sometimes things are just messy like i they and especially like this is a this is great for kids cuz then it, it shows them that like yeah sometimes people hurt each other and like it doesn't mean that this person who hurt you is like absolutely irredeemable it just means that like hey maybe you like Talk about it, and then you guys can come away from it and like have a better relationship. I think like a lot of I think both Encanto and also turning red are potential gateway films for immigrant families having this actual like really important conversation about like, hey, the way that you are trying to care for me and show me love is actually not working for me, and it actually like hurts me can we can we find another way to like show love and care for each other? yeah, yeah um,
1: I- I think, like, that's the thing, too, is, like, it kind of ties into the aspect of, like, there's a thing that white people, that I didn't realize this, that white people just can't do. Yeah. Which is that they can't watch something and not apply their own beliefs to it. Yes. So. And or so, like this is, you know, obviously there were the people who were like, this. I, did, I couldn't relate to this movie, yeah. And that's like they're fools. Shut up. Yes. But <laughs> there's this other aspect of it that was also happening, which is that you'd have people watching it and then trying to insert themselves into it, not mm-hmm. understanding that like this movie was not for them yes. in the way that like it's just like, it's like you can watch this but what we're but you know it's this thing of like we've been talking about it for for years which is that like you know we want to share our stories and mm-hmm. what white what some white people don't re- and and it's even like you know and i would actually say especially like lgbtq uh white people mm-hmm. will do this thing where they they'll be like yes we want to share our stories and then like you start seeing all these queer stories being told, but they're all mostly white. Yep. And then, so they think like they get it cause they're getting it. And you always mm-hmm. hear like the baby steps thing. So yep. now you're starting to see all these stories from people of color being shared mm-hmm. and they don't actually know how to sit and watch it. Yep. And so you have certain aspects of like, I, we should have seen this coming and I'm not condemning this per se, but I'm, mm-hmm. Should have seen this coming where you watch movies and you see or TV shows and they're like two characters, and then like people will be like, This person's like actually, actually, they're queer, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like headcanoning. There's nothing wrong with that, yep. But the thing that I noticed is that, especially like the best example is like when black people watch TV shows and there's mm-hmm. a character, especially cartoons, and they'll be like, Oh, that character's black, right? and they don't, but the, what they don't do. What black people don't do is they don't start rewriting aspects of the show.
0: Right. Everything
1: that's in it. It's just like, okay, well that person did that. That's why they're this. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: what white people do is they watch the They'll watch something and and they'll be like, well, obviously this is what they need to do. This is Mm -hmm. why this is bad. It starts becoming judgmental. It starts changing their perception of the story. Yeah. And that's where it's like, they're inserting themselves. So now they're like, well, why did, is, why did Mirabelle not leave her family? And it's mm-hmm. like, that's what I would have done. It's like, yes, that's what you would have done. But, right. or you have like things where like, well, obviously this is something that would happen to a queer person. She, there, there must be a queer allegory. And it's like, mm-hmm. It's, it can be, but that's not the point of the movie. This is about intergenerational trauma. Right. And one of the things is that like a lot of white people can't see themselves in this movie because the genera- intergenerational trauma of this movie is about having people come and invade your land and take it away. Yep. And that's very recent for a lot of people of color. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter where you're... Where you're from, that's very recent right. for a lot of us,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: for white people, like that's not a thing that's it, you yeah. know, if it's, it's, that it's, not, it's not the white folks. like it's not that close in, in a lot of the history I can think of. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, like there are some groups, but it's not like you know, especially if you're right. English, you're not mm-hmm. like that never <laughs> happened to you, yeah. Maybe, like, maybe if you're Irish, but like, right. even then, I was like. Well, if you're about but, but, you know, like, it's not a common thing in history. While this is a thing that happens recently, like in this mm-hmm. century, in the century. Yeah,
2: yep. um, exactly.
1: And so, but this thing, this movie, you know, if anything, this movie really highlighted for me that white people are so, we're so used to watching movies that like, they saw like they could just see a white person in it, in or mm-hmm. movie majority white, and they and and they never once do you hear people be like, well, this movie doesn't really speak to me. But the moment that you see st- you see stories about people of color, it becomes like, well, I don't see myself in this, and I'm like, right, yeah. Do you not understand that that's what the rest of us had to do? Exactly. and it's just like, They just don't know how to watch a story and enjoy the story, especially because it's a perspective they don't understand you don't have to under you don't have to relate to anything like even then like watching this movie I understood it and like I said like maybe there's intergenerational trauma that may like maybe my father went through
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can tell you right now I didn't relate to this movie in that way mm-hmm. there are other aspects of it that I related to but I couldn't tell you that like this is exactly what was happening in my family is right. my family was so different mm-hmm. but I loved the movie. I enjoyed it. I didn't need to understand it, and I gotta yeah. say, like, I'll even give credit to my my white mother. She <laughs> loves she loves Crazy Rich Asians, and yeah. I can tell you right now that's not a story she relates to. Right? She loves it, uh-huh. and that's the thing is like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, you know, I don't want to. She's never gonna hear this. I'm not trying to be like my mom's <laughs> the greatest white person. Like, no, I'm not saying that. But yeah. I'm saying my mom actually is like one of the rare white people that I've seen
0: mm-hmm. who, like
1: she loves like movies with like uh where the cast is like majority black mm-hmm. she isn't she's not going around like touting it she's not right, she's just'll right. just sit down it'll come on to watch it she'll like it and mm-hmm. she moves on like she just yep. likes movies and she right. likes movies with good stories and like yep. that is a skill apparently that is yeah. like a thing people like white people can or can't do yeah and that blows my mind.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think that ties in very well with, like, the overarching theme. Like, the last tweet that I was going to bring up was, like, we had talked about this before, but there was, like, this one review from my, I'm pretty sure, like, a white queer person being, like, Encanto is a movie about a family cracking under the pressure of heterosexual expectations and oh. how, hard to- <laughs> oh. how hard it is to be the only gay person in a family except with oh. one weird uncle.
1: Dude, why'd you tell me that? Oh why man. You, why would you say this to me? Why would right. you let me know that that was said?
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry. This I'm is for This is for the viewers. <laughs> I'm gonna unalive you. <laughs> 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 um, Fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and I mean it's to your point, like Were they ratio
1: at least? <laughs> the
2: Thankfully, this is well. Actually, I guess fortunately slash unfortunately, this wasn't a tweet. This is a letterboxd review. Oh! Um, <laughs> fucking um,
1: awful. Oh, I'm
2: letterboxd is where we're supposed to go and be funny about movies, not be I this know.
1: weird.
0: Maybe,
1: um, maybe they were being funny, like haha funny.
0: Uh, mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I'm 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 putting too much faith in that, and, and I
2: truly, uh, but. Feel it in uh, my bones.
1: Yeah, it's like I mean
2: to to your point of like so for the for the viewers at home who are who are watching the podcast who like, are neither-
1: watching <laughs> the podcast, dude. I've been laying down in bed this entire time. <laughs> you better not.
2: <laughs> you better not have been watching me. You know neither Mal and I neither Mal nor I are saying that like people's had canons about these characters being queer. Like we're we're not saying that that is impossible. Like <laughs> if you want to do that. Certainly, like you can certainly do that, and like also at the same time, like recognize that these characteristics and like I mean the story at its at its core, like I wouldn't say was a story about being queer necessarily. Like if you want to really is oh,
1: yeah. go go hard on it, it was not about that.
2: It wasn't about that. Like I it wasn't about that, and like so, reading this review, I'm just like, did we did we watch the same movie because like yep. this is completely not the point. And like th- this person's obviously like inserting their own like narrative onto it, and like, I mean, sure, it's art, so like it's subjective, but also like there's one way to interpret art where you've got like all the 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 actual factual like concrete pieces of the art and being like okay so these pieces together like you know it's basically you're writing an argument right it's like these pieces and like this concrete evidence points to like my whole point that this movie is about xyz thing and stuff that we learned in english uh like english clash of like this is how we craft an argument in this essay. The whole meme of like, in this essay, I will, blah, blah, blah. And so it's just so wild to like read this review and be like, okay, so you had the same building blocks that I did. um, But somehow you arrived at this argument.
0: The wrong
2: argument. Like completely, Um, like not, not wrong per se, but like a completely like different perspective that wasn't necessarily like the actual like point of the movie
1: I would argue that they are wrong <laughs> They're <laughs> wrong. was on the moment they start trying to say this is what the movie's about that's mm-hmm. wrong Yeah. when the movie has a very clear like no that's not what it's about like right. Right. I'm I, I will be the one to say that hardcore like it's <laughs> not nah, shut up you're incorrect
2: yeah you yeah, know um, I mean like I, think, I want
1: to clarify, if anything, that I am definitely saying that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I would agree that is not the right conclusion because that's at its core, that's not what the movie was about. Like we said, if we if you want to like head canon that these characters are queer, absolutely go for it. Like yeah. you can be you can be a person of color and queer. Like both of us are are examples mm-hmm. of that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yep.
2: And also at the same time, this movie was not about that. Like. It would be cool if we had a Disney movie, the movie that was about, like, navigating being queer and also a person of color. Because, like, we haven't had that yet. And that would be a story that would make me cry on the way to the monkey park. I uh, cry at the monkey park, even. The monkeys those monkeys would watch me cry. Those monkeys would watch me cry. We'd meet up, meet up at the monkey park to cry. But, yeah, I, I just, like, I don't know and this this ties to the the main theme at large of like these people watching these movies that aren't necessarily about them like everything everywhere for example and also turning red like the same it's the same criticism of like i couldn't see myself in the movie and i didn't understand what was going on and i'm just like so so therefore the the conclusion is that the movie's bad and i'm just like bitch do you think everyone thought the breakfast club was good <laughs>
1: Or like, yeah, like I don't relate at all to the Breakfast Club in any all. way. I've never had detention. Like, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it's, it's it's just it's just a very yeah. It's the, I think the the I couldn't relate to it argument as like a why the movie is bad. This has just never made sense to me because it's just. Again, like I don't read stories to because I want to relate to the character. Right. Like, and if I met somebody who who related to every story that they <laughs> read, I would be scared of people who like Lolita. like yeah. if, Like, if you thought it was a good book, but you're also of the um of the well, I have to relate to it. Book, I'm calling the cops.
2: Yeah. And we don't do that here.
1: Yeah, we don't do that here. I won't allow it.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's just like we read stories um for enjoyment and like if we happen to relate to them, even better. Then then the it strikes a better it strikes a deeper chord and then it's like you can re- then it makes the story that much richer. You know, f- like for me it's like I enjoyed Encanto. I can't say that I relate 100% to the movie, but in terms of, like, seeing the the problems with family, like, yeah, I can relate to that. The intergenerational trauma, like, I certainly can't relate to it directly. Like, it's not like my intergenerational trauma is exactly the same as what was shown in Encanto's, but it certainly, like, is a good vehicle for me to see, like, oh, there are, like, cool ways to... Five cool ways to talk about intergenerational trauma. Therapists hate him.
1: Uh, <laughs> Five cool ways to deal with your intergenerational trauma.
2: Yeah. One, don't <laughs> have it. Two, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <Locked> it up. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like there. I can find like some connection to it, but like I, this movie was, Encanto was not necessarily for me, and I recognize that. And at the same time, I can find a way to enjoy it. And like, I think white people need to exercise this empathy a lot more because like, yeah. what you said earlier of like, we've been doing this our entire lives. And this is a huge reason why like I, Refuse to see movies now that are like that don't feature people of color in main roles. This is like I'm tired of seeing movies that are, are like I don't necessarily like not ne- not necessarily that I don't relate to, but like movies that feature stories that have been already told because like uh, you think about a lot of cinema and a lot of movies and everything featuring like all white cast and it's just like I've seen this shit before. Like great, like I don't need to see another story about whatever action series is happening and then like the guy and the girl get together great boring yawn if i need to yeah. like we can i know they're like you know liam neeson has a whole series of movies called taken and whatever and i'm bored of that but john cho actually did a movie i don't remember what it's called but it's kind of the same concept of like my daughter was abducted, but like it suddenly becomes that much more interesting to me because it's like, it's an Asian story and like they're like, you know, I would assume at the heart of like Liam Neeson's films, like the, with being taken and shit, it's about family. And I want to see that connection with family.
1: Hmm? His daughter being taken.
2: Yeah. Right. It was was like, Sequel took. Um, <laughs> I, I want to see that story and experience that story like in a different way. And like the thing that really bugs me with these movies, like people criticizing Encanto and Turning Red and everything everywhere. It's like, these are completely novel stories. And like, like, sure, maybe some of it is the same, like, you know, Turning Red is about growing up and like the awkwardness of puberty and like, and dealing with that in you know it just happens to be dealing with that in like a chinese immigrant household and like how things are um but it's still like it's a new story from a different perspective because most of the time with like the growing up movies it's centered around like a white teenage boy like licorice pizza which is a terrible movie like i want to i want to hear what other people have to say about the experience of growing up and like that's how you find common ground with people. It's like, "Oh, maybe like it with Turning Red it was just like, yeah, I was not a girl growing up. I did not like have to deal with getting my period or anything, but like in terms of having daydreams about people and like living with my my mom who would my mom like has done some of the things that the the mom character in Turning Red did. Like
1: oh those God. were very relatable. I still think about that one scene and I was like, well, can't wait for the dream sequence to end. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh,
1: boy. Oh The God. worst fucking scene of that movie. And it was, like, really good. Yeah. It just
2: ruined my life. But, like, that's the whole thing, right? It's just, like, i mean turning red i can i think you know we could probably safely say was not about your experience either but like you no. were still able to like enjoy the story and find it cute and like even find find connections and be like okay this is maybe something from the movie that i can relate to like being horny <laughs> as a teenager Oh, the best. Uh, and like i just white people need to like extend more empathy and like that I feel like the number one thing that i found over the the years is like white culture really is just like apathy and not like trying to imagine what it would be like and like extending even the slightest shred of compassion or like imagining how it would feel to be like in some other person's shoes. Because when white people do that, it's exactly like what you said, where they're just like, well, I would have done this. And then they start to change the narrative. And it's just like, well, what if you couldn't do that? Or like what if that just like wasn't an option? Like Yeah, enjoy the story for what it is.
1: Yeah, you know, I, it's not quite related, but it it reminds me of do you you know the movie? It was it was the musical uh the prom.
2: I, you know? I this is the one with James Corden.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry to remind <laughs> you. Of that. But um yeah, so there's this thing that happens in the prom mm-hmm. that i genuinely didn't like mm-hmm. where the so the movie's about the white girl and she has yeah. a black girlfriend and i don't mm. know if it's different in the musical the races but mm. there's an aspect of like the the black girlfriend's mother is like a hardcore conservative and what huh. you find out is that like the white girl lives with her grandma because her mother disowned her when she came out Mm. And then, you know, that's, that's what happens. Right. 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 The major driving plot of this movie is that the white girl is mad at the black girl because the black girl won't come out to the mother. Mm -hmm. And there's like, and and what I will say is like, it sounds bad, but it's, you know, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it, but there is a reason for her wanting the black girlfriend to defend her to the mother. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that she would it, it, i'm not saying it makes sense but what I it was necessarily but it's that i understand this character wanting the black girl to come out to the mother considering the situation in the movie but then the black girl is painted as like like she's weak she's failed her girlfriend and it's mm. like no why would you like like that's not fair yeah it's not fair at all and it's like the movies like saying like you should have done this you should have done this and it's right. like no this is this is difficult and so it's just very it it reminds me of that where it's like mm-hmm. the 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 girlfriend being like oh but you have to do this because you know you're my girlfriend i'm like bitch you both are in high school first
0: of
1: all yeah <laughs> of all i understand that this is probably traumatic for you but at the same time like it's just weird for you like for you to get okay it's, it's for you to like to move past this you you at least needed your girlfriend to come out to her super hardcore conservative mother so so there's the risk that like oh you're going to get kicked out mm-hmm. she's going to get kicked out too it's yep. just it's just not it just doesn't make sense to me. But, but the whole thing being that like that, that the black girl is wrong for not being completely behind the girlfriend by saying like, mm-hmm. yes, I will stand up with, with you. Right. To this. Like, coming out to my mother and possibly getting myself kicked out for my high school girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, it just reminds me so much of like, well, why does she need to also do this? Right. You know? for you to kind of be okay in this. Like, right. why would you have her do this? Like, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's and, and it just, it just makes me think of that scene when I, when I keep seeing these arguments.
2: Yeah. It's, it, Cause it's like, I mean, for that, like that situation specifically, right. It's always just like each family is different. we like, and who knows like their family better than like that person themselves. So like, it makes sense that, and the mother
1: is, like, the conservative in that family. Mm.
2: Mm. So. Yeah. So then it's like, of course it makes sense to, like, not come out to your mom if, if, if the, the stakes are very high, that, like, you're probably yeah. going to get kicked out. And, like, yeah, that, that's just, why would you do that? I think that's what I, the overall, like, sort of gist of what Mal and I want for, like, light viewers is just, like, use your, extend your imagination a little bit, but also, like, don't let your imagination go crazy. Don't be like, hey, like, I need to change the essential fabric of this story to, like, be able to relate to it. Just, like, you know, enjoy the story for what it is. And, like, maybe you can find some commonalities and, I don't know, like, respect that other people have different cultures.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Perhaps that you don't have to relate to that culture, you can just be like, Oh wow, they do things like that over there,
2: yeah, and like that doesn't match up with what I do, but that's okay. They're like, There's no right or wrong answer, and I feel like the like strong desire to paint things as like either right or wrong is is very much just like I wouldn't say that's necessarily like a white thing per se, but in this particular case, it's very much just like. People who are not of who are not people of color, so white folks are just like, there has to be a wrong way to do things, and it's just like, no, this, is, these stories are about being human, and a lot of the times, there's no wrong way to be human. I mean, like, there are certainly wrong ways to be human, like, uh, becoming a murderer or doing other terribly heinous things, but for the most part, like, when it comes to showing love and extending care, there's not really a wrong way to do it. It's just like there's a there's generally a mismatch and then there's discomfort in receiving a mismatched like form of affection and then it, you ideally you go talk to the person and be like, hey, so I understand that you're trying to show me love and care and affection. And also at the same time this is how this is how it works best for me. Like can we find a middle ground and like that's that's it. Yeah. That's all. So we're gonna take a break. Uh, one more break before we get back to the final segment and uh, the status segment, where I have to let Mel go.
1: Yes, it is ten fifty-two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, welcome back from the break. I have since I've been drinking so much water, my body was like, <laughs> we have to get rid of that water immediately, and so I peed for a solid ten minutes. Um, and yeah. we got God to damn. cut out. <laughs> we got to cut out so much dead air for Mel waiting <laughs> for me to finish peeing imagine peeing for 10 whole minutes that would
1: be that would be i think you'd be dead because, i think, yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah, i'm thinking like that's a lot of water that's a lot of water i think that's too much wa- i think you'd have died from the amount of water you'd have to consume <laughs> to, for you to be able to piss it out
2: uh, uh yes you'd piss You're straight the- dead <laughs> just fully passed away. That reminds me of that um do you remember back in like the early 2000s or whatever? Whenever the Wii came out, there was that contest of like hold your Wii to get a Wii. No. That? What is it? Okay. okay, so there's this one like radio show and they were doing this one contest where it was like you have to I don't remember how long it was, but you have to like drink oh an absurd amount of water and like hold your pee. Like and not not go pee, and then you'd win a Wii. And this lady died because she like drank so much water, and then she couldn't go to the bathroom. Um, Oh,
1: was it because she couldn't pee, or was it because of the amount of water she drank?
2: I don't remember. Let's see if I can.
1: I think that that would be one where because it's you can drink too much water, so maybe she. You can get water poisoning. Yes, maybe she poisoned herself with water to win. Or maybe not to win, I don't
2: know. Yeah, let's see. Oh, yeah, water intoxication. Um this this woman oh, unfortunately man. died from water intoxication. Um yes. it was the participant who drank the most water without using the bathroom. And the DJs for that radio station were fired. <laughs> right? So
1: I feel like the radio stations should just shut down because that's on them.
2: Honestly, that would be I mean the worst legacy to have just like what's the your crowning achievement as a radio station we killed somebody because we told them to hold their yeah pill.
1: i would say killing somebody by accident was a was a big mistake <laughs> <laughs> just just a, kind of, a, i kind of fucked that one up. Ooh, <laughs> i told a lady to die
2: <laughs> mistakes are made uh mistakes so Mal, the last segment of the show that I actually like added in, I think, and I don't know if I don't know if you've seen the, the show notes since then, but a no. new segment that I added in is uh what is called I call what's your nonsense and it's basically what is something that you like that you're into that you'd like to get more people into because mm-hmm. like it it the whole, you know, meaning of nonsense, right? Is like at some point for some people something can be nonsense because it doesn't make any sense to them. But for other people, like that thing is like something that they really enjoy and, and something understandable right so it's just that was the whole like sort of genesis of the idea behind this but yeah what's what's your nonsense what is something that you're into that you'd like more people again into
1: Ooh. oh oh do why don't you give yours and i'll get an idea i'm sure oh, i
2: have shit. one um yeah, I, I,
1: I was like i don't have a thought right now it's I'm okay like, oh.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I was like, I have a guest on, so I'll like ask the guest and, and it'll be great. What is my nonsense for this week? I guess my nonsense is I would like more people to get more comfortable with watching, if when it comes to anime, watching the subtitled version instead of watching the dubbed version. Because I think, okay, I will say that, i've come to realize that the english dub of an anime versus the original japanese dub they could two completely different art forms right and like one thing that i really do wish that the english dubs of anime would do would be to listen to the original source material and like get an idea for like what the character is like and like kind of not necessarily do a one for one voicing because obviously there are different tropes in Japanese culture versus American culture. But, like, the biggest example that I have is... Mal, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Shokugeki or Food Wars. Um, No. uh,
1: (laughs) Immediately, no.
2: Okay. Um, (laughs) It's maybe a little bit too horny sometimes, but, like, one of of my favorite characters in the Japanese dub is, like, very high-class... Like, I mean, this character, like, at her core, is very high-class, like, very, like... She starts off very, like, snooty, and she's, like, very much, like, Ice Queen sort of, like, character type. And so her Japanese voicing matches that very, very much. Like, she speaks very properly. She's she's very haughty. H-A-U-G-H-T, not not haughty. Like, oh, my gosh, she's so attractive. Um, yeah. But she, you know, she she looks down on people, and that's how she starts the series. But for some reason, the English dub decided to give her a Valley Girl voice. And I don't understand.
1: Oh, that is,
2: like, a choice to make. It was, in my opinion, the wrong choice. Um, yeah. But it was certainly a choice. Um, so, yeah, with that, I just, like, I would love people to watch, like, get more comfortable with watching, like, dubbed, ma- or not dubbed, sub subtitled material, because, like, then you can get some of the original, like, intent and tone, and, like, it'll help shape your idea of, like, the character more. And, like, I understand, like, there are sometimes it's like oh i don't want to like read the subtitles and like whatever but like like um bong jun ho said uh the director of parasite like once you get over the 1 inch hurdle that is reading subtitles on your screen a whole world of cinema will be open to you and like i i don't know i like all one show that i think did really well with both dubs both japanese and english was skate the infinity i watched both dubs simultaneously. Like I would watch one episode in English and one episode in Japanese. And like, I think that show actually did very well with like carrying over the characteristics and like how everybody ended up being and the mannerisms and everything. I thought that that show actually did a really good job, but like I, I've been rewatching Digimon in like the original Japanese and like, like really enjoying Like the material is already good, so it's not like the dub ruined it. Like all of the themes of growing up and like that journey of growing up still come through in the English dub. But the English dub also has some really weird like one-liners, and I'm just like, where did this come from? Um, (laughs) So yeah, that that's like my nonsense is just like watch things with subtitles and and like get the original tone and everything and the original intent because I feel like. Uh, especially with art if the closer you can go to the source material i feel like the the more the like original message can come through
1: yeah and not not this is not my nonsense but i what i wish they would do uh, yeah that that choice is weird to me yeah to be like she's haughty and you change her to like a valley girl like that's not the same thing like there is definitely a voice that we have for that too yeah very weird that they would just change it. Yep. I oh, what was I gonna say? Uh I guess my nonsense. I I was thinking anime. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think my nonsense is watching like it, it is like getting into trash anime.
0: Yeah. I
1: think sometimes like I I will say that like I'm sort of like firm believer in that like I think you should always be critical of the of the stuff you consume but also in the sense that like, I don't think many shows are free of it and there's always something that you can point out. Yep. And now there are shows that have more of that problematic content in it than others for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep.
1: Um, But I think like, I think you can enjoy kind of like stuff that's like a little, you know, has problematic uh, aspects of it. Mm -hmm. As long as you know that they're problematic. Absolutely. I think so often like, you know, there's like a certain line that I would, put down where like i think if something's just like it's too big of a theme in the show i Mm -hmm. think then it's like i i would be a little suspicious of like i i guess i would just have an issue if you pretended you weren't doing this i think also if you consume something in a way that like gives much like for example like harry if you still enjoy harry potter i can't stop you from liking it because right this you know, you, you can't just some people. You can't just turn that off, right? But if you are paying for that stuff, that's yes. another thing. Yeah. So for me, I really love trash anime, even mm-hmm. when it has like problematic problematic aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Like this <clears throat> anime season, I really like Tomodachi Game. Although I mm-hmm. switched from the anime to the manga, yeah. I think the manga. You know, every, everybody's like, you when you adapt manga to anime. You know, you always lose quality in the animation from mm-hmm. the manga. I think this happened with the show. Although I Whoa. think the, the main villain figure in it was animated mm-hmm. well. I okay. think that's where all the money went. Right. Um, <laughs> literally, it's just like, what am I looking at? And the pacing. <laughs> is but the manga, it's like it's edgy, edge shit, and it's really fucking interesting. And I highly recommend it if you would engage in like problematic as- aspects of it. There is like a some, there's like a few questionable lines that you find out don't go anywhere, and then there's like stuff, and then I'm like, I can't believe they put this in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have to give trigger warnings for some yeah. of it, but they don't go into. But it's not like they go into it enough, yeah, for you to, for it to actually be like this is going to happen. As far as I've gotten into the manga, and it's just like, come on, and it's like, and it's like, but I would rather recommend trash anime and mm-hmm. then at least warn you of that kind of thing, right, than like recommending an anime that's good mm-hmm. but it also has big boobies in it like right. like and then like i i you know i know someone who will recommend me something and not mention any of it and it's also like it's very fan servicey and i'm like yep. okay that's but the it, reason well, why you I,
2: haven't seen food wars is cuz it's very fan servicey um <laughs>
1: uh, no well no it's also cuz like i i can't get into it to be honest <laughs> that's it's that's it's, fair. Just, like, was... it's no, no knock no knock yeah yeah. I'm willing. I I definitely acknowledge that it's a popular anime, so I'm not like I'm definitely not knocking it. I just I can't I believe you come on not, my podcast
2: I, and shame me about
1: it. <laughs> I'm going to shame you for your food choices and your anime choices. Um. <laughs> um <laughs> So for me, it's it's it for that one. It's just like I I'm very also picky about some of the stuff that I watch. So if it right, doesn't right. instantly, because I also can't waste time trying to get into it. Right. I have like a, we'll talk about this off the record, but yeah. as I, I can't stand when people will be like, you'll tell someone you like you don't like something, mm-hmm. but they like it. So, they have to keep needling you to watch it. And you're like, yes. I told you I tried it. And I'm not going to spend like 10 episodes to confirm yeah. that I hate this. We'll definitely talk more about this off pod. <laughs> uh, but uh, there's an anime. There's another <laughs> one that I really love. There, was, uh, mm-hmm. Platinum's End was really bad, but I, I thought it was really funny. And it was Wait, really what, fun what was the title movie? again? Platinum's End platinum okay it's by the person who made death note it's by the people who made death note and it's just trash it's bad and i'm like this is how i found out that the guy who wrote death note if i didn't somehow figure it out from death note hates women (laughs) i'm like oh my god (laughs) but you should also watch it because you because like trash anime is like really fun to watch when it's bad yeah so and then kakegurui that's a different kind of trash, but I uh-huh. fucking love it. It's so <laughs> good. It's so fun. And you're like, who, where are the teachers in this school? Where are they? They're what nowhere. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, They're no, I. they not stopping these kids from cutting their hands off. Excuse me? <laughs> well, they don't actually, but it's a risk. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, I would would agree with, like, the whole concept of, like, hey, like, be critical. It's, like, totally fine to be critical of what you like and, like, to watch things that maybe have, like, problematic elements as long as you acknowledge, like, hey, yes, this part is, like, really shitty. Like, for example, one of my favorite movies is Cloud Atlas. That movie actually has blatant yellow face in it because, like, the Wachowskis decided to take the theme of, like the concept of reincarnation and like put that into the movie when the original source material doesn't have it. And like, I'm fine with it because the original cloud Atlas book, is like very, very difficult to like put it into a movie, but I I love the movie. The movie is actually a very good adaptation of the book. Um, as long as you like consider them two completely separate pieces of work. But yeah, like it's, you can consume problematic media, but, like, recognize that it's bad. Though It's the, the whole concept of, like, you can separate the art from the artist most of the time. Unless it's, it's like you mentioned, like, with Harry Potter, like, everyone's yep. first thought with Harry Potter is J.K. Rowling. And, like, she's directly profiting from it. So you can't separate the art from the artist yet. Like, maybe maybe if she dies... yeah but even then even then like there's so many problematic elements of harry potter of like the racism the anti-semitism like it's not even that jk rowling's a turf it's like her material like it's bad
1: (laughs) yeah that that that's one where like i stopped reading it at when the fourth book came out like that was Mm -hmm. the last one i read yeah i just like didn't care yeah, I was just like, "Oh, I'm not enjoying this," and yeah. I just stopped. PSA: um, It's okay to
2: stop but, reading books that you don't like. You don't have to finish every book you pick up.
1: <laughs> right. And, well, it was also like, "Oh, that was also why I learned that." Like, you know, what I have different tastes from other people, so you know, I'm not it, like it, the others, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily <laughs> be like, uh, "Oh, I don't like popular things," but it was right, like right. the first time that I was like, okay, if other people like this. This doesn't mean I will also like it. Right. Right. But I never got to, so I never really, I couldn't tell you anything that happened in it. So I'm like, oh my God, the goblins were supposed to be Jewish and To Chang and <laughs> oh my God like it's just a lot like oh my god there's a werewolf who's are who's who's most likely an allegory for AIDS this is awful
2: right so like, wow there's a character who got named basically ching chong and this material is bad
1: literally <laughs> like a japanese person named ching i know they're not japanese but like the korean naming a yeah. character ching chong and you're just yeah. like they don't even have those sounds in that language <laughs>
2: like, yes exactly and i mean like Sorry I shouldn't have people like jumped in with like she I don't obviously she's just generic East Asian and is basically named Ching Chung. I can't believe we were just like, yeah, this is great. But yeah, it's totally okay to like other than other than that, and like I was gonna ask in terms of anime of just like, what do you think about Attack on Titan? Because I feel like that's one of the ones where it's just like, okay, I need to draw the line somewhere for like problematic in in my media. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah okay so that's that's, that Mal's nonsense is it's okay to be critical when in enjoying media and sometimes you can enjoy your your trashy stuff as long as you you keep a a, a critical eye on it
1: specifically trash anime
2: (laughs) trash anime yes um so with that mal do you have anything that you want to plug any uh, would you like people to be able to find you on the social medias
1: don't talk to me do not
2: receive <laughs> me, period. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, no, I guess I wrote for a book called Sincerely, Your Autistic Child. I could talk more about it, but I'm not good at summing it up. But you should totally buy the book. And it's it's an anthology by mm-hmm. other autistic people, and specifically women and non-binary autistic. Right. And, yeah. um, <laughs> I was like, Oh, um, and then, um, also, yeah, I'd rather not plug my Twitter. I'm just like an ass on there. But, uh, if you reach out to Nathan, you can tell him that you want to buy me new earbuds. That would be sick because I don't want to pay money for this. Yes. Um, this this is the worst thing that's happened to me.
2: (laughs) It's just like, there are other th- other terrible things going, that ma- there's, there's war going on in the
1: world. Yeah, but like...
2: <laughs> that's not, that's true, that's not happening directly to you.
1: It's not directly happening to me, and that means that tomorrow when I get on the train, I gotta just sit and listen to the train. Damn. I'm like, I have nothing, I have nothing, Nathan, that's- nothing! Truly
2: awful. I'm so sorry.
1: Vulnerable.
2: That's the worst. Yeah, so you can buy by the book that Mal's in. It was it was or is Autism Awareness Month? Is do you do you know?
1: It is is April is april i'm like why did they give us the month that starts april fools
2: (laughs) so it's autism awareness month and you know we we want to listen to actual or we want to listen to like autistic voices and and don't listen to fucking autism speaks because they're garbage
1: and also stop listening to autistic parents and caretakers because they're also fucking assholes about it too yeah
2: Listen to actual autistic people talk about how they want to be treated. Imagine imagine so that's mal you can find me on twitter and twitch at kato not kato that's k a h t o n o t k a y t o and also if you like what you heard on the pod please consider supporting the podcast uh via our patreon page this is if you google or google search for nonsense and noise podcast or nonsense and noise pod on patreon you can find the show page. The icon is of me drinking some wine. And I've got a couple different tiers that you can support me at. The tier one gets you a shout out on the pod. Any any sort of level of donation to the podcast will get you a shout out on the, a shout out on the pod. Tier two gets you early access to the podcast episode. I normally will, after I'm done editing, I make a transcript of the podcast. And um, so that way people who want to engage with the podcast material, but either are deaf or hard of hearing or like can't like listen to the episode at that point in time or whatever. They can at least read what we're talking about. So like I will basically like the day that transcription is done, that's when the episode will drop for tier two subscribers before it gets to goes to the public. And then tier three gets you all of the me- aforementioned benefits, but also you get to suggest topics. For me to talk about, so for example, I a couple of tier three topics that have been suggested have been talking about the world of Avatar, The Last Airbender, which was the one the previous episode that I did where I talked for an hour and a half about <laughs> Avatar, and then we also talked about boys' love and and that mess of a genre sometimes. But I talked about that, and yeah, so you could you could suggest. Ideas, And also I actually have a premium episode that is hidden behind the paywall. So if you are, if you have supported the pod at at any level of tiering, you get access to that bonus episode and I'm considering doing more, more bonus episodes too in the future. So yeah, if you support the podcast on Patreon, then you get access to the secret sexy content, none of which is actually sexy because I, I talk about not really glamorous things. So with that, thank you so much, Mal, for, for staying up for me. It was You're really welcome. lovely to talk to you. I'm so glad that we were able to finally hang out and, and mm-hmm. talk about this thing that's been bugging us for months.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, all right. After all my laptop
2: problems. I can't believe your internet would do this to us. Truly. I know. It's fucked up. It's racist and homophobic. And racist and homophobic and racist. <laughs> Truly awful. But thanks everyone for tuning
0: in and we'll catch you next time. Bye.
1: Go home and take
0: a nap.